This episode of the Creativity Podcast was originally recorded as a live stream on December 3rd, 2020. Welcome to the create, welcome to the creativity podcast where art and engineering collide. Today in our podcast, we've got me, Pat Regan, and Brian C. Moses, of course. You know, as a I guess extra special guest today. So, um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about problems with your projects. So, um, yeah, I always have problems with my projects, almost almost always. And uh, Pat, I'm sure you do too, probably. Always. Oh, you too, Brian. My biggest problem with projects has always been time and distractions um not not a particular project in general but i'm always you know just getting drawn distracted by a particular person who who needs more more uh more attention away from the projects um, so, uh, a little tiny batman i guess Maybe. yeah yeah he's in his little p batman pajamas Nice, nice. So, so I suppose, um, I suppose the children distract you quite a bit, which I, I can relate to that certainly. Um, yeah. So, what is what is your project now? I guess you're working on a DIY NAS setup, right? Isn't that kind of your, your whole uh, whole deal? I guess, right? Yeah, my thing. I just I just finished it off last week um, and got it published. I I always want to do well. For search engine optimization, I always want to do one in the beginning of the year so that I can I can get the DIY NAS 2020 keyword. And this year, I did not get that at all. I uh, I missed badly. Uh, so, so, you know, some people watching, if there is anybody watching, I mean, what, what exactly is a, uh, a NAS and what's a DIY NAS? I a NAS is a network attached storage. Uh, it's connected up to your, well, for people like me at home, it's connected to your network. It's additional storage outside of what you've already got on your, your home PC. Um, I don't know about everybody else, but I have all sorts of media. The quadcopter GoPro footage is tons of gigabytes of media and the hard drives on my computers weren't enough to contain it. And the hard drives on my computer were one. So there was a single point of failure for the things that that I don't want to lose. So the the value of the network attached storage is it can be another place to store your contents. And depending on how you set it up, you can put in redundancy within within that storage so that you don't have to worry about a single hard drive failing and costing you all of your your family photos. Okay, so basically, I guess to just to summarize what this is, it's like another another PC dedicated just to storing your, your stuff. And you might have several several hard drives on it and all the all the PCs in your, your house or laptops, whatever can access this this media at any time from your network, correct? Exactly. That's pretty. That's pretty succinct, and okay. it really, it really is. I mean, they're they sound fancy, but it really is just a computer with a bunch of hard drives plugged into your network. If you boil it all down, the lowest common denominator is it's a bunch of hard drives in a computer 
separate from the computer that you're already using. Okay, so two questions. How long have you had a NAS running under your house? And then second of all, how, how many gigabytes or terabytes do you have right now? Or petabytes, maybe, if you're... Not quite, quite, not quite that much. Let's see, I got into it in 2012. Um, and it, it started off pretty innocuously. I was, I think, I think we were at the Alan Wickers, Pat. I bet we were. We're all, Maybe. we always used to be at the Alan Wickers. That used to be our favorite. Well, it still is our favorite restaurant. It's just not a restaurant anymore, unfortunately. Um, but I was talking to Pat. I had, I can't remember at the time, three or four computers in the house. And I didn't have them backed up anywhere. I had important documents in whatever early stages of Dropbox and cloud storage were out there, but that wasn't enough. You know, if I lost a, if I lost a hard drive in a computer, you know, that, that computer would have been just gone. So what I wanted to do at the time was build a network attached storage computer and to store backups of all of my computers contents, you know, data contents on that, on that particular machine. And now I think over the years, oh, hey, there it is. It's, it's right there. That's my uh -oh. nails right behind okay. me. So right now I th think that it has, it's got uh, seven, eight terabyte hard drives in it. So there's a total of 56 terabytes of storage. Two of those, two of those drives are redundant or, contain redundant data. All of the data is across, help me with the math here, five of the drives. So there's seven drives in there. So there should be 40 terabytes. If I'm doing, I don't have my calculator. Yes. I'm going to say yes. 40 terabytes. I'm going to agree with Pat. So I have 40 terabytes of, of total gross storage, I guess you would call it, net okay. storage. That's uh, that's That sounds so, good. Um, it, it's a lot, a, and I, and I probably don't use nearly. I can't. I can't remember it. The last time I looked at it, I had tons of free space, so I don't use very. I don't. I don't use very much of it. I just happen to get good deals on eight terabyte hard drives. Hey Brian, hit your retweet button. That's your phone. On your on your hit phone. my retweet hit, button. Hit your retweet button. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. Well, that's uh. That sounds really. Sounds great. I've been actually messing with a NAS myself, with Raspberry Pi NAS, but um, I, honestly, I've, I've had some problems with it. It seems like I'm always trying to, uh, I don't know. It, it seems fine, but it never seems quite fast enough, and it just seems like it's it seems a little sketchy sometimes. As much as I like the Raspberry Pi, this, this just hasn't worked out for me quite as well as I'd, as I'd hoped, I guess. But, you know, yeah, the, res the Raspberry Pi is is awesome. I like it. I like it a lot. I've I've done a few different projects with them. Um but I think you know with the Raspberry Pi NAS you've got to use some sort of USB to SATA adapter and there's just enough there's enough adaption and not enough CPU horsepower on the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I mean I guess I guess that's the case. I don't I, I don't know. I just know it doesn't work quite as well as I'd hoped. I yeah. I think people Sometimes you'll see people rip on the Raspberry Pis like, oh, it's a terrible computer, or whatever. I'm like, well, no, it's not like I mean, you know, they try to make it into a desktop computer and 
certainly it's legitimately can't do that, but you know, it's, it's an amazing device for embedding into things. And I think that's what, you know, we're really where it, where it uh, shines, I guess. And I, I guess it's an educational device too, which is pretty much what it was meant for to begin with. So. Yeah. And they always have those Pi zeros for sale at micro center down the road for like five bucks all the time. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, they, they say, okay, it was a $5 computer, you know, really they're getting so cheap. I'm just going to wait until they pay me to, to take a computer. <laughs> no, I mean, that being said, I've got like, I don't know, several of them actually running to my house and several more in storage. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan. So if, uh, you know, any, if anybody from Raspberry Pi is listening, you know, definitely call in and, uh, you know, yeah. we, we, mean no, we mean no offense. <laughs> ask, ask a question. Tell me, tell me why I'm wrong about the Raspberry Pi NAS, because I probably am. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though, you say, just don't say that too fast, I guess. Um, Raspberry Pi, yeah, that's, that's a tongue twister for sure. Yeah, so... Uh, I guess Pat, what uh, what kind of projects, what kind of problems do you have on your projects these days? Well, or, or do we have anybody that wants to ch chime in? I don't want to, you know. If that's there's any a good colors. question. Is it? There's so many. I have so many windows to be looking at here, Jeremy. I'm doing my my best. It it. Uh, I don't see anybody piping up, so I, I, I. It's gonna be my turn to talk then. I'm gonna guess. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, I get, well, first of all, why don't you tell people just specifically how to actually get into the, the Oh, the, this uh, is a good, a good plan. Down in the, in the description, right down below my face here, there's a link to Discord. Brian's pointing at it too. And if you click on the link in Discord, it will, it'll join you to our Discord server. And Discord's kind of like a, boy, I don't want to say it's like, it's like IRC for normal people you know text chat stuff but it also has voice and video channels and we're in a video channel this is a screen screen capture of a video channel so you can we can plunk you into this video channel and you can have your box right next to us and uh yeah you can talk to us in there okay yeah so like once you get in talk there what, the, what do you what do you have to actually click on once you get into the discord server i haven't newly clicked on a discord server in a long time i'm I think it'll pop well, you in the main, in the main text yeah, it'll channel. It'll pop you into the gen, in the general channel, and then over on on the side, there's a voice channel subheading, and if you expand that, there's one called live stream. Yep. Question mark, exclamation mark. Okay. And yeah, and then you just you click on the, uh, click on that, I guess, and then yeah, that's, uh, I have it wide open because I didn't figure we'd have a lot of spammers in there. If we do, we'll have to lock it down. But we can yeah, do that we'll after. Lock it, it down, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, we can do that in post post production or whatever. Yeah, I thought we do that. I thought we do a whole lot of editing on our podcasts. No, I haven't I mean, seen much stuff go missing. Much of what I've said. So you're doing a good job, Jeremy. Or yeah, I am. Well, I saw, one of us is. I saw, <laughs> I saw that last one. I should have cut it off a little bit earlier before the uh, coffee break. So I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to that. I think I said um. Um, uh, let's go to the coffee break, you know, for <laughs> about 30 seconds. But that, all that being said, Pat, what, uh, what are you, what are you well, working on? That's well, I, ha I have a mechanical engineering problem that I've been okay. trying to solve. Okay. I'm going to well, reach you know, down next to me here. I have, I have diagrams over here. I have a way to see this. I'm, I, I hope I've done a good job. 
I, I'm an unlicensed mechanical engineer, so feel oh, free I to ask me and I can uh, give you advice I'm... you can take or Is leave. Is it safe if you're unlicensed? Is it, are you going to get me? Am I going to get in trouble? Am I going to have to pay a fine or anything? Well, I, I, I think it's kind of the, you know, since I'm unlicensed, you're just kind of asking me knows nothing about you know basically my advice is worth the same as the next guy so or, or girl or or dog or you know what whatever i'm to i'm gonna go out on a limb and say your advice is worth three times more than brian's at least okay and, all right well see he, he's probably a, a unlicensed or, engineer as well i would i would guess oh i'm <laughs> very unlicensed <laughs> okay so I don't know if uh, everybody knows this, but I've been working on these uh, carbon fiber quadcopter frames for a long time. I feel like I have a smart idea. Okay. Usually you have, on this size quad, there'd be two screws holding each arm in. And I decided to try it with just one screw per arm on this one. And this one, I machined this one poorly. There's a, you know, there's my code has a little tolerance variable between each of these doodads. And I made that too big. This has, I don't know if you can see this, but these wiggle. These wiggle around. That was, I did a bad job. But on the next revision, I decided to see what would happen if I added a screw. There's a little dog bone shaped thing here. Boy, I, I don't have a screenshot of that. That holds, you can see the front of it here just a little bit. And the back, there's it fits in between these two arm pieces. You got it's all black, so you can't see anything. You know, this carbon fiber is terrible stuff like that. Sure. But this worked great. This is so rigid. This is ridiculously rigid. But I hate that screw right in the middle because it's right under. You can see all my electronics sit there in the middle. Okay. And if something goes wrong, if I need to replace this screw, I have to take everything out. That would be horrible, right? So what I've got here is, now this is an experiment. This might not work. I'm going to switch our view on YouTube. Oh, you're not going to see this, Jeremy. Oh, this is, I'm, this is a bad job. YouTube can see. I can't see it either. If you feel left out, Jeremy. I feel stupid because (laughs) I was going to have you guys look at this, but you guys can't see it because you can see the, you see me still. Well, I was thinking. Well, I've, like, I've seen this, you know, haven't I? But listen, to this we got a we got a potential uh, guest that wants to call. Oh, so, awesome! Uh, That's even better. Well, That's way more exciting well, than me. Well, let's let's go ahead and you know why don't you finish up what you had to say and then we'll uh, we'll get we'll get Taylor in if he. Uh, I'm going to have trouble like... saying it without being able to point to the picture, and you guys won't be able to see it. Okay. Well, why don't um, you know, Taylor, if you want to log on, show the monitor. <laughs> You know, Brian's absolutely right. I feel stupid doing this. Oh, oh it's overexposed. Well, Can we fix that? That's one thing. But yeah. Put an ND filter on it. Oh, God, you can see the... Mm. Well, Pat, I, I got to say, you know, if you look at it on the um, the YouTube feed, it's actually pulling that up. So Real big. That was what I... Yeah, but then you guys, if I'm going to ask you about it, you couldn't see it. This is... I've done a bad job, Jeremy, is what's happening. Okay. Now I'm dim. Oh, but, I think um, you know we'll point out this is our first, uh, first live live podcast, so I don't. Can only I don't think you're dim at all. Pat. Thank you. Oh, hello. Got somebody? 
It's got a uh, like medical symbol on it, so I think it that's sure appropriate does. for not. Uh... Can you guys hear me? Hey, yeah, how yeah. now? Awesome. Surfer, hey. dude, Surfer dude, thirteen. Is that uh, is that you? Yeah. Let me see if I can get camera. You see hey, me now? I can see oh, him perfectly. Hello. Awesome. How's it going, man? Are, are you uh, Taylor? Uh, yeah. The, uh, wanted, you know, you wanted to talk about your Glowforge experience, correct? Yeah. Oh, awesome. Awesome. I'm yeah. Well, I'll... you guys on Reddit. Yeah, yeah, you were talking to me actually. So, uh, so yeah, let's hear your story. I, I, I thought it was super interesting. So, you guys, let's hear it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got the Glowforge about six months ago. I saw it. I thought it was the best thing ever. Uh, I saw a few people endorse it and everything like that. I, I knew it was cloud based, and um, I thought, oh yeah, this is going to be a great idea. Since I've had it six months, I've had it replaced eight times. Oh my! I'm goodness. on replacement number nine. Wow! Um, in fact, I just got an email two days ago from Glowforge saying I will now be on replacement number nine. I'm waiting for the new replacement. And um, the whole thing, they Glowforge, put, you have to ship it yeah. back. And oh my goodness! No, see, Glowforge, unlike our Orion lasers or any other laser, if like the laser head goes bad, that's a whole new laser. They can't send you out just the laser head. They send you a brand new label, and it's it's such a pain, honestly. And the customer, like anything that goes wrong, they'll try to say, "Oh yeah, we could do this or that," and then they say, "Oh well, we got to replace it." The first three units they blamed on lightning strikes. They said the lightning struck my house and that caused the laser to go out. And then the fourth laser, it was just excuse after excuse, and it, it's. It's crazy about how these glow forges are. And the thing that how people get you, and it's it's such a, a genius evil because if you go online and you ask how's the glow forge, everyone will say, It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. Here's my referral link. Because if you send a referral link out <laughs> and somebody gets it, they get five hundred dollars off of the laser, but you also get five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars in glow forge credit. Well, so that being said, uh Glowforge will probably be sponsoring our next podcast, right, right, Pat? <laughs> yeah, we could use five hundred dollars. Yeah, I, I could use five hundred dollars. Yeah, but it, it, I, I mean, just stick up for them a slight bit. I've never used one. I don't know much about them, but I guess they they did honor the warranty what eight or nine times at this point. So that's, that's oh yeah, that's no, nice. I, I I agree with that. The only the biggest thing is is what if I've already been replaced going on nine times now or whatever what's it going to be in another six months with my warranty when i'm out of warranty yeah and it, because it's right off the bat it's 250 dollars just to ship it to them and then they'll say oh well their warranty replacements are usually around three thousand dollars to get a warranty replacement because like i said they don't fix the machines they say everything's calibrated at the factory so if your laser head goes out because they're the laser head is all one thing it auto fo the the focusing and the head it's all done manually focused um it's all everything's done in this laser head and so if anything goes wrong with that they have to replace the whole entire machine they can't just send you out a brand new head um, mm. for it and so my opinion is for someone that has no idea because i'm a part of the glowforge facebook group and there's people that post in there all the time what's google chrome how do i how do i open what is google chrome they don't because goforge is all software based you have to use the internet to upload your items and to and, and everything it requires the internet so 
I went in knowing that it knew it required the internet because I thought, okay, if I lose the internet at my house, I can just use a mobile hotspot on my phone. What I did not think about is Glowforge's servers going down. Yep. A few months ago, their servers went down for, it was about, I would say three weeks and would go up and down. And sometimes they would acknowledge the issue, but other times they wouldn't. And it would be where you, because there's basically, think of it like a Raspberry Pi is running on this machine. That's pretty much what's running on the, the Glowforge. And it's honestly, as soon as you turn it on, it's automatically phoning home or phoning to the Glowforge servers. And that's how it centers itself. So if you have no internet connection, the Glowforge can't even center itself um, and home itself properly because it requires the internet, the Glowforge servers to home itself. So when they were having server issues and stuff, people would turn their machine on and it would just get stuck in the middle and not know what to do. And sometimes they would acknowledge, yeah, there was an issue and sometimes they wouldn't, but it was just, it was such a nightmare having to rely on their servers and everything. Because if for businesses and stuff like that, if their servers are down, you're stuck on orders. You can't cut anything. Yeah, that makes makes sense. So, so that being said, you, you have a Glowforge. You're getting one back. Are you now? I know you've been considering getting a um, like a red and black laser, like like I have, yeah. and that's used. Have you have you gotten that in? Or I no, guess, in fact, I guess... that's what I'm doing right now. I'm cleaning out the garage. It's coming tomorrow. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Oh, great. That's um, I don't know if you saw. I put a video out on my um, you know how I set mine up, and it, you know like the first first step was was selling a lathe that I had pretty much to make space for it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah. I, I but I, what, what kind did you get? So I got the red and black um, Orion laser from Amazon. It is the one with the um, the motorized Z bed and the autofocus probe, the sixty watt, which we all, of course, know it's going to more than likely be a fifty watt. Yeah, too right. exactly. Um, but yeah, hopefully I did have some problems with the seller on that. And, um, I don't know if you saw my post on Reddit about that. I ordered it, um, the week, the Monday of Thanksgiving week. Um, and I ordered it and it, Amazon quoted me December 3rd through the 11th. Um, that black Friday, I got an email saying it shipped. It's like, awesome. It shipped UPS. Well, I checked the tracking Red black Friday for you. Yeah. And I checked the tracking number, and it showed 4.3 pounds. And I was like, what? And it said it was going – I'm in Florida, and it was putting it towards – I'm in uh, Orlando, Florida. And it was putting the package all the way to Miami. I was like, wait a minute. What's going on? So I contact them and everything like that, and they say, oh, it was a slip, uh, shipping glitch and everything. And I was like, okay. And so I posted it on Reddit asking, hey, is this a known issue? Um and someone else reached out to me, another member, and he said, hey, this same thing happened to me, too. They just shipped mine, and it's a 4.3 package going – I'm in California, and it's going about three hours away from me. And I was like, oh, no. And so I reached out to the, or Orion again, and they said, oh, yeah, it will update, but you have to give us another three weeks. And I was like, three weeks? And they said due to the holidays and stuff like that, and I was like, all right, so I reach out to Amazon just in case because right now all my red flags are going off thinking, okay, because then Amazon's when you go to my Amazon order page, it shows delivered. So it shows the Orion laser delivered, 
successfully delivered, handed to the resident at the front or at the warehouse. So I contact Amazon and they said, oh, no. So they emailed the seller and um, the seller reached back out to me. And magically, I had a tracking number with it's coming tomorrow via UPS ground or UPS freight, 400 pounds and everything like that. Um, but yeah, other than that, I was like, I was a little on pins and needles, but now I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, it'll oh, be better once it arrives. That's when you get less nervous about these things. Yeah. That's that was why we were like trying to figure out I was like, how are we gonna get this thing up the driveway? And then <laughs> they, yeah, they, yeah. they couldn't give me a time frame. I called because I heard some I've read some people were have would get calls and they said, Oh yeah, you, we would be here between this and this. Called UPS, no time frame. They just say it'll be here tomorrow. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, when, when I got mine, um, I remember they were supposed to call me. But, you know, I went out to lunch with my wife or something, and I get this call, and I'm like, that's weird, you know, from an unknown number. And I call them back, the same same area code as me. And like, yeah, I'm outside your house. I'm like, well, I think you thought you were supposed to actually call me before and tell me what time. But, you know, as, <laughs> as it happened, I was leaving anyway. And, you know, I guess, you know, the, the guy was real nice. He, he put it in my garage for me, but then I had to actually uh, – undo the packing with with a, a hammer and chisel and stuff and yeah it was yeah. uh you know it probably probably took me a probably took me a good month before i had everything really where i wanted it i mean your experience might be different but just you know putting like a safety switch on it and uh ammeter and some oh, other stuff you know it's it's um i will say though i was i was shocked at how well how well made it was and i was also shocked at i did a little square and measuring this it was right, right, spot on. I mean, your experience might be different, but um, yeah, I'm quite, quite happy with the purchase for two for two thousand dollars. You really, oh yeah, really that, that's the thing. It's like you can't, you can't argue with. I mean, I spent almost six thousand dollars on this Glowforge, and it's already been replaced eight times. And I was like, I can't, you can't really go bad worse than what I'm currently have right now. Well, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess now. Now you know. I I guess um. Yeah, I, I guess the whole cloud-based stuff makes me a little bit nervous. I know, you know, me and also also Brian, I believe, have been doing some home automation stuff, and making sure to keep it, you know, in-house, literally and figuratively, with a uh, Raspberry Pi. Yeah. Right? That's what you're using too, Brian. Home Assistant. I actually I have a. I'm using Home Assistant, but it's on a it's on a virtual machine. Okay. Um, yeah, but, Brian, but same Brian's, thing. And I don't. Brian's above. He's 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 reached a new plane above the <laughs> Raspberry Pi for his uh, his machinery. Well, did you guys hear about Glowforge's new premium service though? No, no. Oh yeah. So in the Glowforge app, we've always had access to the beta trial, and that included like you could insert shapes and clip art and and text and everything, and that's been free. Um, in October, they sent everyone an email saying, hey, look, this the beta is going to be ending November 1st. If you want to get in on it, it's $15 a month. And the $15 a month would allow you access to the clip art still, uh, the text tool, the shape tool, stuff that you can do in Adobe Illustrator um, real easy. But it was just – it's simple because once you already have the file imported, you could just – if I needed to cut a little drill circle or a hole in my project, I could just do it right there in the in the interface – instead of having to go do it in um, Illustrator. Um, and they said it's $15 if you sign up for it now a month. And they got you all that, and you now get premium uh, fast lane service for your renders. So when you upload your design, 
they put you in what's called a fast lane. And so depending on how, because sometimes some projects, depending on how heavily um, your project is, how many lines, different colors and cuts and graves and whatever, uh, could depend on how fast their servers rendered your project before your Glowforge could cut it or start the project. So this new premium fast lane service supposedly speeds it up. I have noticed, a, I, ha, I did sign up for it because not if you did not sign up for it by November 1st for $15 a month, it goes up to $55 a month for anyone that signs up for it now. And it's mm. crazy how much they're charging for it. And some people were even saying that the regular standard um, processing, they slow, some people have said that they've noticed they it's Glowforge has slowed it down. Um, the processing, if you're on the free basic tier of it versus going into the, to the fast lane, honestly, it all depends. I've had projects where I've, I've done the, um, have you seen those elf in the box quarantine, um, quarantine boxes and stuff like that? No, no, no. but that sounds fantastic. Uh, yeah. They had, I was doing some of those. How about those, um, those uh, snowflakes that say that magic word F F 2020. Have you seen those? I have it already i've been doing those and stuff like that and when you send them um, send them up to the server to process it i at one time i can send it and it'll be instantly ready within five seconds the glowforge button's already ready but i could do it the next time and it could take five minutes for the glowforge servers to process it and be ready to print they per uh, se oh that's a, that's a big bummer yeah, yeah well, with the CNC, I'm used to keeping my G code around so I can run it over and over and over again. Same with the 3D printer. That, I'd expect you should be able to do that with. Exactly. That, yeah. That's what I would love. And that's why it's like, because I mean, some of these things, I've, I've sold hundreds of these certain items and stuff. And right now, my, my Glowforge that I currently have, I can only cut on the left side of the bed. If I move over to the right side of the bed, it won't cut all the way. So oh, I'm geez. thinking there's some type of mirror alignment or something like that that's causing the issue. But, of course, Glowforge has to replace it. So right now I'm only able to cut four of those snowflakes at a time. And it's a bummer because I have to cut it and then I have to go wake up the computer, go back in Google Chrome, realign mm -hmm. everything, wait for the server to take the new picture to refresh the bed, make sure everything's aligned, upload it back to the server. So it's about a three-minute ordeal per one. Um and then hopefully wait the processing speed to process the Glowforge to allow it to print won't be as long either. Hmm. Well, you know, I will say, you know, I guess, I guess on a positive note, you know, if you, when you get the red and black laser, you don't have to deal with any sort of cloud stuff. You, you know, personally, I use Lightburn software. I need to buy that. It's, I think my trial's up, but it's, it's fan, fantastic. I think it's $90 or, you know, one-time fee. I think they, mm -hmm keep you updated for a year or something, but it's, it's really great. I mean, I haven't, I haven't done that much with it yet, but it seems like, seems like it'll be really good software, right? You know, not, oh, yeah. not cloud-based or anything. So yeah, I'm yeah, pretty, I'm, uh, I downloaded that. I've been tr trying to tinker with it a little bit. I got my webcam yesterday. Um, I got the industrial, the cooler, the refrigerant cooler and everything like that um the other day so hopefully and then i right. went to lowe's today and i got ventilated event so i'll be running the vents up in the attic out the house 
So hopefully yeah, yeah. I have, I'm hoping everything um, done correctly from watching everyone's videos and everything. Does yours have an ethernet connection? Yes, it does. Are you using that? I would. I have not decided if I wanted to do it ethernet wise. Um, I have a ubiquity setup with okay. the cloud keys and everything. However, my cloud key crashed. Um, and I did not have a backup. So my servers running are all my ubiquity, PoE, everything, my USG and stuff are running, but my cloud key is not. So I can't really pull on. I've just been too lazy to reset up the cloud key um, to readopt the network. Um, so right now I plan on just, I have a MacBook laying around, just plan on using the MacBook locally. Okay. But um, yeah, it's something I probably would be interested in adopting here soon. I haven't, I have not done it the other way, but I really do like, basically I've got, I can take my Macintosh, like I'm using it in, in my office, and then I've got the laser cutter in the garage, and I can take it out there, connect wirelessly with the Mac and control it. I mean, it's great, I don't have to hook, hook up any wires or anything, it just connects over Ethernet. Really great. The one, the yeah, one disadvantage with um, Lightburn at this point is that they don't use an IP cam. I don't think there's an IP cam interface, so it's, you got to actually be connected over USB, I believe. Yeah, I asked that I, same question in the Lightburn for, the form as well, thinking if I could do that IP. Now, does the does the Orion laser does it generate an IP when you log in, or do you have to assign an IP? Well, I'm actually using it. Yeah, I've got a hard hard line to my garage, like a hard Ethernet okay. cable, which okay. I recommend that to you. Basically, I paid I paid somebody to run that to to my garage and to my office because. Well, you know, I just didn't. Well, you live in Florida, as as do I, and the addicts here aren't exactly. Um, I don't know which. They're not exactly generous, as as you may have seen. I don't know. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, so. Hope. Hope the laser is great for you. I think. Uh, yeah. I think you'll enjoy it for my. Yeah. For my limited experience. I'm hoping, and I'm just watching the videos and stuff like that, and I do want it say that i think for the basic user that if you're not going to be using it for commercial use i think the glowforge is a good laser okay. it does it does do its job it has made i have paid for that laser four times over already so it, it definitely does its job because i think i go i said it mentioned it before is in the the glowforge facebook group we have people in there that ask what's google chrome or how do i log into this like they're very computer illiterate they don't know what uh, wi-fi router is and stuff like that so it's stuff that's people like if they're having problems with that they're definitely gonna have problems working light burn um or right aligning so, mirrors and stuff like that so i guess in light burn's defense you have put a lot of hours on your machine our machines i, I should yeah. say okay so Dep dep depending on this machine that i just got has been the the one that I've had the longest. I've had this one for about three weeks now, three four weeks, because um, this was just replaced. Most of them I've been going through like every few weeks. Um, this one, due to the holiday season, has been put through the ringer. But one of the other downsides I should mention for anyone that is watching it, the way that they designed the Glowforge to clean it is a pain in the butt, especially the pro unit. The pro unit has an additional heat sink. So everything vents out to the left side of the Glowforge. It has its own um, fan and everything. 
Well, on the left side of the Glowforge is also the controller, whatever the Raspberry Pi controller is, the um, coolant tank, the coolant system. But it's also your heat sink for the cool the laser, the heat sink for your um, your cooling system. And you cannot get back there the way it's designed. You can't get back there to clean it out. And the fan that's in there, and there's a grill on the back of it to prevent you from sticking your fingers in there for the fan. But the um, the you can't. It's very very hard to clean the Glowforge. So depending on me, I'm having to clean it every other day because I've been running it nonstop. But it's eventually anyone that's going to have it is going to run into that problem where gunk is going to build up on those seat sinks, and it's going to cause the laser. The laser will go into overheat mode, so it'll start cutting and it'll stop and it'll say overheated, waiting to cool down. And sometimes the pro is the whole reason that you're not supposed to have that. It has the enhanced cooling, so you're not supposed to have that overheating thing. And that's exactly what it was: is the heat sinks was just so full of gunk that I had to go in there and take a, mm-hmm. uh, a plastic scraper and scrape it all out with a vacuum cleaner. So that's something to also keep in con- or in context for anyone that is looking at the Glowforge. Are they are not easy machines to clean they are extremely um intensive machines to clean so i, I guess let me just think because because i've done i feel like my experience being able to kind of get into the red and black laser and be able to do a little modification work with electronics etc cetera, etc cetera, has been integral i mean I, I feel like that's something a skill that i have that has been very useful but i feel like the glowforge maybe maybe it's geared towards somebody who does not want to get into it and maybe doesn't want to do as much. Is, is that, is that who that was kind of, yeah, you think exactly. Right I think customer? That's gonna, yeah. I think that's going to be based for the customer that just wants to do our arts and crafts or someone that wants to try to do a start a business. I think it's going to be a great machine. If you want to start a business and you want to do an order here or there, I think it will be a great machine because I mean, it is, I can go and put in a piece of wood and, align it just right and with the Glowforge UI puts it over and it's going to put it exactly where I want to engrave. It's going to engrave exactly where I'm telling it to engrave for. Mm -hmm. So I think the average person, I think it's great for, but I think, or even the starting business, but if you're going to start producing orders and stuff, I would not recommend it. I, I can't, you won't be able to trust it. In fact, I just got an email that just popped up just now saying Glowforge maintenance there's a two or one or two hour maintenance window at 8 p.m. Pacific time, um, and you're not going to be able to use the laser. So, <laughs> so that's just one thing to keep in mind right there. Is if you're if you're going to be busy or something like that, you're going to want to look into another. Um, the f- uh, full spectrum Muse may be something that you may want to look into. Um, something like that that does not require an internet connection and stuff like that. Do you know how many times I've on my CNC I've said, oh yeah, this thing I'm cutting, it'll probably fit on this piece of scrap. Well, not scrap, but you know, I'm cutting things all over the place on a piece of carbon fiber or something. I said, that'll fit here. And I hit go. And then halfway through, I'm like, no, yeah, that's, it just misses. I would love to have a machine that would tell me, yeah, that's not going to fit there, Pat. Don't even try. Yeah, it, it does. And even if you're like your material, like if your design is off, 
it will it will it will not allow you to cut or engrave if you, so if your design is off the bed or out of the uh, the margins of the bed mm -hmm. it will actually turn gray and you cannot push print so you won't go off it won't allow you to go off those boundaries and stuff like that so you don't have a ruined print yep okay yeah so uh so you know if you want to give for your um, you know 6 year old or something the yeah yeah forge yeah, and it's extremely safe. That's the that's the other thing is as soon as you lift the lead, it turns laser off. You can't nice. unless you want to physically bypass it with magnets and stuff like that. For someone that is younger or something like that, yeah, I think it may be or definitely not worth the pro. I, I would recommend the basic. It's cheaper. Okay. It's pretty much the same exact thing. They say the speeds, the pro is faster no one we've done contests in the the facebook group where some we've done the same file same settings and everything and the pro finishes like five seconds faster so i don't recommend the price difference of the pro get a basic try it out if it works out get your money's back and everything like that um but just be aware of those caveats is pretty much is the biggest thing okay well yeah thanks for uh thanks for filling us in on that that's uh that's good and in, good info. Yeah, we all need information. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, no problem, guys. And I appreciate you guys uh, giving me the opportunity. I saw your video last week and stuff like that and talked about the Glowforge. I immediately thought, oh, yeah, I need to go and uh, chime in on this. But uh, yeah, it's always nice. Always nice to meet somebody who's uh, meet interesting people, I guess. I guess you are yeah. our first ghost book. You're our first guest, period. So I shouldn't say <laughs> it's always interesting to meet new people. It's you know yeah yeah i've already uh, met got... you brian yeah yeah so, <laughs> so yeah i guess i guess he's brian's our guest too you know it's but anyway yeah for sure and um yeah i'm gonna try to video do a little video and stuff like that how setting everything up and um try to do somewhat you know rd works and stuff that does that those videos that uh what's his video channel name that the guy in uh, Australia or Britain that's doing all those videos that the walkthroughs and everything, you know, I'm, Oh, I think I like the guy, he had like one video where he's at like the spa or something. This is a laser therapy spa or something like that. Or... No, he's the, he's, I, it's the, the old videos and he's the one that walks through everything. Um, RD works or something like that. RD works learning lab. Yeah. Well, it's RD okay. works. That's the, that's the software that comes on the CD with the red and black laser, isn't it? Or like a pirated copy of RD yeah, Works. I, think, I don't know. I think if you're it's right. Legit. So I maybe, I think maybe that guy knows what he's talking about. It's the older gentleman that he he's he's from Australia or uh, Britain, and he does all the rundowns. He breaks down. Apparently, he he had an engineering degree or something. So he's breaking down. He has like a 176 uh, video playlist. Um of all these lasers and stuff like that. And so I wanted to try their, their older videos. They're back in like 2016, 18. So I was thinking, Oh, maybe I'll go and try to do something like that for basics and set up something like that. Yeah. Well, well, before you go, where can we, where can we find you? Uh, so Taylor's everyday life. I started doing vlogs and everything like that. Um, and do a little bit of videos and reviews and stuff like that. And, but yeah, I plan on doing something like this and do, uh, setting up the laser but i wanted to start doing like designs and because there's so many great designs on etsy 
on like products and projects. And I wanted to like feature some of those on how to build them and stuff like that. Sure. Well, cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for telling us yeah. uh, about your experience. Yeah, yeah definitely. Guys, that was awesome I information. I appreciate yeah. you guys giving me the time and uh, good luck and uh, hope to join you guys again soon. Yeah, awesome. we'll see. Hi. Yeah, so cool. Thanks a lot. Awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. You too. You too. All right. Bye-bye. So, yeah, that was uh, – so thanks so much for calling in. That's uh, that's great. Um, so uh, let me think. I guess, Pat, would you want to talk about your, your problems or you well, want I me wanted to uh, – I had, okay. you know, I watched your video about your CN or your CNC, your laser today, and oh, you. yeah, I was, you know, numbers were going through my head, and all of you guys are uh, on the other side of the fence. I want a CNC and not a laser, and all you guys want lasers instead of CNCs. But I think it's interesting. You guys can get that 60-watt laser. It's in an enclosure. It's ready to go for about $2,000. And that's less than I paid for my, you know, hobby-grade, uh, kind of high-end hobby-grade, I don't know, Shapeoko, the big one. Right. And I have to put it on a table, and I had to put it together, the whole thing, from, you know, yeah, from no, a box no, of I, parts. It's a good value. No, what you I guys agree. are doing, I, the laser. I mean, I've, I've got a CNC myself. I got it from... Romax and it's um probably a bit more than you you spend. I mean, not the whatever, not to you know. I can't brag about my cars. I can brag about my CNC. Yeah, do it. <laughs> but, no, it's a you know, it's a really nice machine, but it's probably to be honest, it's probably a little bit more than I need. But it, you know, it's like for for like half that price, you get a laser that's you know, it does have its limits, but so does the CNC. So yeah, you know, it's all what whatever. So uh, you, you want to talk about what you're doing, though? The uh, I guess the Kestrel, right, is the name of your design? Well, this one, this is the bigger one. What was... The, the buzzard I, or something? How am I going to do this so you guys can see it? That's the... Where'd it go? Hmm. Well, well I'll tell you what, do you want... Perhaps I could talk about my, uh, my problems. Or sure. Do you want to talk about... I'll talk about your problems. That's fine. Did you have something I don't want to... I actually... I have to drop off. I'm gonna have okay, to. Man. I'm gonna have to well, bail uh, out. I've, I've got a meeting. I get to. I get to go work over. You can't see it. Well, I guess I could move the camera. My does that, does my Batman work from home office is right over there. You have to no, no. To well, he does. He does need to go, but that's gonna. I'm. Uh, I'm yeah, not we back don't, we don't, tonight. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, yeah. Good. Good talking to you too, Brian. To you guys. Have a good one, Brian. I'll watch the rest of this after my meeting. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, actually, that's a that's a good time to do our uh, you know coffee break. Dad, we can't forget. It is since we're actually doing this live. So this is true. Oh my you goodness. Know. So yeah, um, you know we're the Creativity Podcast. You can sponsor us at Patreon.com/slash The Creativity Podcast, or better yet, leave a like. Or not better yet, but also also good. Leave a like or comment, subscribe, whatever to us on YouTube or on SoundCloud. We love that. And we want to give a shout out to our top five Patreons. We sure do. Which are, which are Brian Moses, Pat Regan, which uh, is interesting, um, Positive Waves, and Stephen Booker. We, we really appreciate that so much. It just means, it, it means a lot that somebody's willing to you know, literally, you know, it means a lot that we give enough value that you've feel you 
It makes me feel you... like I have some worth, Jeremy. Yeah, um, exactly. You have have a worth that, that has now has now been quantified. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that a lot. But yeah, we, so we we appreciate that. And um, yeah, anything else you want to add in our little coffee coffee break? Like, subscribe, and comment. You already said that yeah. though. So yeah, oh, I did. should drink my. But yeah, we should drink our our drinks. Ah, delicious. Mine's just water today. I did a bad yeah, job. Yeah, mine's 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 watered down lemonade. So, you know, it's like like the the ice is melting. DI, the, the, the DIY diet drink. <laughs> you just put all the all the water into the, your uh, lemonade. But um, but yeah, Pat, if you wanna you wanna figure out maybe how you can share your screen, I'll maybe just describe the problem I've been having. Or the... sure, go for it. I'm yeah. You go, and I'll be ready by the time. So, so I've got uh, I've got two problems. Uh, I mean, I've got lots of problems, lots of projects. I mean, I've probably got twenty projects going on at any time. So, the overarching problem I think of me and anybody else is just finding the time for anything. But I do have a, one thing to show you guys. Those of you guys that are watching, uh, let me bring this out. So, along with this laser cutter, we certainly don't want to make this into the laser cutter show. But this is kind of a tangentially related item you can see here on the uh, the screen i've got i've got several 3d printed parts and you sure do yeah and this is i mean what would you say this is about a full, full roll of film i bet you that's a spool of filament it really does kind of look like it doesn't it it's, it's a lot of filament i mean each of these are i think close Ooh, to 150 millimeters too. yeah close to 150 millimeters in diameter which is the extents of my of my 3d printer bed and this one took me uh, well over 10 hours. I mean, these are by far the largest prints I've ever done on my, my machine. But what it is is my, just let me get that one, just drop it down. I won't tell anybody this, you dropped it. Sure. <laughs> but what this represents is my, um, my, uh, my new laser cutter, the, uh, the fume extractor, like you could just pump it out to the environment, to your neighborhood and stuff. But I didn't think my, uh, you know, HOA or whatever would would appreciate that too much, uh, neighbors, whatever. So what I did was I built this this adapter to go from the stock exhaust port. It's like a blue blue hose that comes out, and this this goes into actual actual purifier. It goes through a carbon filter, I think a HEPA filter or something, whatever, whatever. So I made this. Um, this ring, it's just a normal ring with a flat top, it goes from one diameter on the outside to the other diameter on the inside. And I can just describe this here. It's like a, it looks like a giant donut that's been, it's been squished on the sides. So if you think, if you think about this, when, when air is flowing past it and it goes from one diameter to another, you know, as I said, I'm not a, uh, not a registered engineer, that, but as a uh, as a layman yourself, what do you think would happen if you got a bunch of air just flowing into this, trying to turn to go from oh, a large diameter? Oh, bad! It'll start to... doing some kind of swirly doos around the edges and stopping itself. Okay, so I... you got all these swir swirly doos here, and when I use this, I noticed my my airflow was not not great. You know, it could be the could be that the um, purifier wasn't good enough, or it could just be that all these swirly doos, as you put it, I think that's a technical turbulence. Term. Turbulence, exactly. You weren't doing the thing, and you know, I'll, I'll give myself a little bit credit of credit. I put a 
put a uh, slot on one end so I could put the put the hose on, clamp down with the hose clamp, and it would sit there. It worked okay, but didn't really take out as much fumes as I wanted. Well, I can't just leave well enough for alone or not not good enough alone, so I decided to make a new design that was much much larger and actually has even a, more filament. Even more filament. It's it's got a um, basically like a angled forty five degree angle on it, so it goes from one thing to another. Got some nice uh, radii on the inside and the outside, and it's got even got a little little slot for the clamp to hold itself. So nice. so so now it goes on the tube on the on the purifier, and it takes everything in fairly fairly well and fairly um, less with less friction. And this little thing on the bottom, it's got a spacer, and there's like some wells and stuff. So this, this holds it up. Works pretty well, but the thing is, when I crank it down, since this is kind of on the top or something, I don't really know it. It kind of, it didn't hold very well. It wasn't having a good, a good hold on it. So, even though I, I spent a lot of filament on this and a lot of time, I decided to do one one step further and build something. This one, it's just one piece. The um, the blue hose from the the laser cutter goes over the outside, crank it down with a with a uh, hose clamp, and then on the on one side you've got these magnets embedded in it. Ooh. This is the first time, yeah, magnets the first are awesome. Time, they certainly are. This is the first time I've tried to actually pause a print and embed magnets. So if you can see here, you can just barely see the magnets poking through. And this holds it nicely. I'll, I'll admit it's even those neodymium, these neodymium magnets. Um, maybe I should have used more or, or doubled them up because it does come off a little bit. But with a little bit of um, cord wrapped around my, basically supporting it to a, a shelf that I'm using, it fits it pretty nice. It just just clamps right on and stays there. Um, did have a couple couple problems going through it. I think one of these might have been. Um, when I tried to try to put the magnets in and it didn't do uh didn't correctly stop the steppers. It just stopped, stopped working. So it dropped out, dropped out. Yep. But this is what's going on on the inside. You just got these holes and yeah. So that's a, that's a problem I had and a solution that I came up with. That's fantastic. The, the part with the magnets. Now I'm trying to, re I'm remembering watching your video earlier today, Jeremy, and I haven't slept since then, but I don't remember everything. Is this sure. the, the part with the magnets? Is this the part that drops down on, looked like on top of the purifier thing? Or does this? Yeah, yes, exactly. This drops down on the top of the purifier. Yeah. So gravity helps I... too. The well, magnets the and the gravity. Magnets and gravity. I guess I could make it really heavy. <laughs> make it out of tung tungsten or something. We'll fill it with, um, with lead. Yeah, but but no, the, the video I put out today, I actually cut this part out. So, you know, I guess, uh, spo spoiler, I'm going to have another video dealing with just with this, specifically with this um, fume extraction in this nozzle. I'm thinking I might do some sort of Arduino deal with the external stuff and just kind of test, test if it's actually working or not. Cause, yeah. I mean, you can you can guess, but until you actually measure pick up some equipment, hard to know. Yeah, do you have one so, of those CFM flow rate? I don't know why I'm holding my hand up like I'm holding on to one. Those little things with the little fan in them, or are you going to make one? 
No, I don't. I was thinking I could make one and then, you know, like, I guess, uh, you know, you know, sh don't, don't tell anybody, but maybe I could get it featured, you know, on somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I want to, um, I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I really needed something like that about 20 years ago. I would have loved to have an air meter thing. They were expensive then. And I didn't know how to yeah. make one. Well, maybe after my next video, maybe you will. Fantastic. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> So, 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 Pat, you got a. I might. Little... There's a chance I'm smart here, Jeremy. I got to look up here to see. Let's see if this will work. You know, you know what's funny when you were messing with it before. I looked at the. Looked at it, and you actually had. Um... That's interesting. Is Let's that watch it stream? It just says your stream is. There. Does yours? Does that say that? Too? We've just paused. This. I don't want to. I need oh. to see this. There we I, go. I can I can see I can see your. Uh, your you can see it. You there. can see me rotating a thing. Oh, it's going real slow. But you can see this. Can't see it rotating, but I can I can see it. So, this yeah, is almost gee, This is almost so smart. Except on my screen, the one that I'm streaming to YouTube, the third window just says your stream is still running, and it's paused. It's not showing it to me, and uh, I'm done. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's showing it to me, and um, well, I'm not seeing it on the YouTube feed, but you will I, when it catches up because I feel smart now. I okay. hope nobody makes well, fun of me for that. That's okay. So, I, I was kind of explaining this before. I'm trying to find a way to not use two screws on each arm of the, the drone. So, I've got this little red guy up here in the front. Why is it spinning that way? Judy, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Come on. This little red guy, he's also embedded in here. This is these are all sheets of carbon fiber, all these little. And I've got this funny shaped thing. It's like a well, I'll show you the one that I have. I used this in a quad today. This is a uh I call it a dog bone. I bet there's a technical term for this, but the way this sits today, there'd be, you know, an arm here and an arm here. This the front two arms grab onto the top and then the back two arms and this ties them together so that they they can't move. Instead of doing that across the middle, I'm trying to do it I need to point with the mouse pointer with this little red guy. One between the front two arms and then there'll need to be one between the back two arms. Am I mm. am I doing a bad job so far? I feel... So the way these quadcopter frames work is you generally have two plates. You have the arms sandwiched between two plates, the blue one and the green one here. Okay. Oh, and these are not rendering great here. Let me hit the render button. This is going to take forever. I'm sorry, Jeremy. This is leaving okay. some green, but but there's a little you can kind of see these are T-shaped slots. Uh, there's it's this little progress bar is going real slow here, Jeremy. I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, well maybe I'm, maybe you can just describe it. I'm gonna I, do know. my best. I'm gonna do my best. So that little red guy has two little eye-shaped things on each side. So the idea would be you put the two plates down and one pushes forward one pushes backward so that they 
kind of lock in. So once you put the four screws in, that can't move front to back. So when you try to wrench the arms, like if you try to, you know, if you try to grab them like this and give them a good pull, okay, that little I beam thing will hit either this plate or the one of the two plates. My problem is, and I think I know how to fix this, and it's at 994 out of 1,000, so I'm going to be able to point real soon here. The problem so, is so I... So it's a, it's a locking mechanism, in other words. It's, it's a lock, yep. It, it'll lock the arms from moving. It'll keep the two... Usually you would have a screw and a, a nut and a screw holding the two... the two plates, the sandwich of the arms together. But once you slide these together, the eye pieces will hold the quad together so it'll be more rigid on one axis see the bummer here is now it's all yellow like see that hole mm -hmm. right here this square the square hole that goes through the arm it goes through everything that okay that will fit this part of the i-beam this little uh I-beam is the wrong word. My my biggest problem with all this stuff to communicate it is having a word to use for every single part. And I'm bad sure. at that. It's, but so the difficult sometimes. It's a bummer this is all yellow now. But you can see it's kind of locked in there on the on this plate and the slot here where it would pass through is in the front and on the bottom I reverse that the slot is in the back okay so that so I'm hoping is when you try to wrench the arms one way it'll hit against one plate and when you try to wrench them the other way it'll hit against the the opposite plate and the screws through the I'm pointing with my hands this screw should hold everything in place but the bummer here the problem I'm having is that this giant hole through the carbon makes it a lot weaker. Hmm. <clears throat> and you can tell me if I'm smart or stupid here, Jeremy, but what I'm thinking about doing, instead of having this be an eye, it'll be, I want to cut this off, cut off the outside piece. So it's kind of a, you know, just a hook on each side. Hmm. I don't know if it'll be enough though. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not even sure what question I should ask you, Jeremy. Yeah, I I don't know. It's uh oh look, we got a we got another guest. We do. Um, it's positive waves. He's positive uh, waves. he's muted. Oh uh oh. It's we, okay. We have to unmute him or does he No, he'd have to that's his choice, I think. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know your um your rendering just came up. So I I don't know. It's uh it is what it is, I guess. We'll do a better if we have to do this kind of thing again in a live stream. I'll know how to do a better job next. I'll be more. Yeah, prepared. yeah. We do we do appreciate you guys, um, you know, sticking with us. Um, yeah, positive waves. It looks like you're muted on the. There you go. I guess if yep. you just click the. Um, and his mic is still muted. His. Yeah, so deafened? you gotta click click the mic. I guess deafened. Yeah, down at the very bottom of the. Well, it depends on if you're on a phone or a computer. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll let him uh, pop, pop this, in. Will this unshare my screen? I'm I'm hoping based on his uh, his icon here, I'm hoping he's going to talk about his jetpack. 
Oh, does he really have a jetpack? Look at that. I, I don't know. I, I was kind of joking, but it's possible. I mean, I mean, some people do. He, he could. I think I heard Charles Charles Barkley say one time. He said, "Somebody's got to be me. It might as well be me." So, you know, maybe he's the guy with the jetpack. That sounds like something Yogi Berra would say. <laughs> yeah, I get maybe Charles Barkley is the Yogi Berra of basketball. <laughs> that is, maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna believe that. I choose to believe. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Well, thanks for thanks for attempting to join us. Hopefully, uh, you know, positive ways can come back if he if he likes. Um, yeah, I'll tell you what. Another, um, I guess, I guess maybe we should just talk about your quadcopter a bit later because I, I don't. Sure. Yeah, I, we can. I don't feel like this. Yeah, this is not doing well. I'm doing a bad. I, job. I don't feel like the rendering is quite working out well. No, and I'm but, scared um, to close this window because I'm scared I'm gonna it'll take me away. Oh, here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <gasps> uh oh. Every, everybody's still here, I think. Oh, good. It just had that. I was I got scared when it gave me the warning, and it grayed everything yeah. out. Well, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I guess we were gonna go till about nine anyway, so we can. Uh, yeah. I guess we can we can talk a little and then get going, but. I wanted to want to talk about this PCB that I made. Um, that is an interesting shape. Wait, it says how the stream go. It'll go away. That's my fault. When I close that, it'll go away in about ten seconds. Oh, okay. I was like, I just had to just click. That was when I went because <gasps> I thought okay. I broke everything. Well, let me let me talk about one other thing that I was doing. I made this printed circuit board. A, a company, uh, Next PCB, actually contacted me about. Like sponsoring some stuff, and this 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 podcast itself isn't sponsored by them. But anyway, all that being said, I had this idea that I could use a vibration switch on a PCB, and it would basically pull a AT Tiny eighty five to ground to um, to basically reset it, and it would just go to sleep after a while. So basically, this PCB PCB straps onto a bike's. Um, spokes on the, the wheels so when you're pedaling the at tiny goes on and then turns some lights on so it's kind of like a safety thing so like at night you could be seen oh that's awesome um, yeah i thought it was a good idea but the problem is once once you get to a certain point as you're pedaling this um you know the vibration makes it go on or the or the centripetal centripetal acceleration i guess makes it go on but then at some point it just goes on all the time. So you're just holding on the reset button, reset to the, the processor the whole time. So I've got a few ideas how to fix that, like maybe to, instead of doing the reset, just have power applied to it. Or I might not even use a processor whatsoever. I was thinking I could use, just have the um, LED routed into the um, the battery through that switch directly. Maybe I could even put a capacitor on. So if you slow it down, it would still still stay on for you know a few seconds or whatever yeah. just in case anyway i just uh you've got me wondering how on. fast you have to go to get 1g into the 1g of centrifugal force to as opposed to one you know the real gravity here's my question max i was hoping maybe somebody could could answer this or have some insight so so let's just assume that the that the um rotational Rotational velocity is the same, correct? So it's going around and around at say one RPM. So 
so you fasten this towards the center of the hub and it's going, you know, it's fairly, fairly whatever. In reality, it's not moving much in the Cartesian XY plane. Okay, you get that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you get what I'm saying? So is, is this, is the acceleration higher there or would it be higher as if, if you moved it out away from the axis and it's moving more in the um, Cartesian plane? I, I'm almost thinking to be more in the, at, at the, um, at the higher diameter, but I'm not, it has to be I'm yeah, everything sure I about that. Everything I know about generating artificial gravity on a spinning space station tells me that you're going to get more G's at a lower RPM the farther out you go. Okay. So if, yeah, the, if the guess, RPM's the I same, guess. you travel because you travel farther. You try, you know. Yeah, that that makes that makes sense. But at the same time, the no, I guess it's not. I was I was thinking the as you get further in, you're you're rotating faster, but you're actually not rotating faster. You're rotating the same, yeah, the same amount. Just so, so yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it would be farther out. Good. I think, but you know, if anybody has an, uh, any actual insight and actual knowledge about that, I'd yeah, tell us why we're wrong. Tell us why we're wrong. So, um, speaking of that, do you see that show on Netflix? Uh, was it the one where that lady gets, uh, uh oh. I don't know the the one where the lady goes to the moon and she's going to go to Mars and it was actually fairly terrible. Oh, I um, I did watch this. I know what you're talking about. You it watched says, this? Yeah, I think I did. And yeah, yeah. What's, what's the name of that? Um, it, it's with that lady from from the Karate uh, Kid. The Karate Kid? Yeah, are we talking about the same show? I never saw the Karate Kid. Well, it's not the first one of the sequels. The the it was all right. So she we'll, was we'll the new consider... Karate Kid at some point. I don't... We'll, we'll consider the the bulk of the podcast over. And now we're going to ramble for a while. I think. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> but... can cut this if this is the part where it goes to tape. We can just yeah. Uh, it was like it's like Homeward or something or like Away. Maybe it was a way. It was. I think it was a way. I remember. A way. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go. All right. With. Well, that 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 show just made me so angry because she starts calling her house and there's no there probably there's no like delay between like yeah. no until they get know, too supposed... far away and then it's just gone. You can't talk anymore. Okay, I guess I didn't get to that. Yeah, point, don't but, don't get to but, that um, point. It was terrible. Oh yeah, so bad. Christina says says a way, and I, I suppose she's right. But, oh my so god, Jeremy, was... we've done a bad job. Why's that? I'm about. To, I'm going to show you. I'm going to turn this around. There's been chat in YouTube and I've been, it's been behind my camera the whole time. So I haven't been seeing this. Yeah, it's, it's okay. I, I answered. I, I took oh, care thank, of it. Oh, under, thank goodness. Thank goodness, Jeremy. Under, I was under, afraid. under Jeremy, Jeremy Cook DIY. Oh, you really did. Al Look at you. Ego. Yeah, oh, I, I'm, on, I'm on top of it, Pat. I mean, you know, we haven't, we haven't really, we haven't really established the, uh, you know, who's the producer and who's the host. And, you know, we're really, really feeling each other out here. Um, it's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, so the, so the thing that made me so mad about that show was, first of all, she's using like a normal iPhone or something on the space station. And it's like, okay, that's kind of ridiculous. And then, and then 
like on the second episode or third episode, she's doing some sort of spacewalk. And this guy is, is well, this, this guy from India, right? And well-educated NASA scientist. He's telling her how far to go in, in feet. I'm like, first of all, oh. I don't think you use feet in your native, you know, in, in India. I don't think they, I would think they use meters. And second of all, if you're working in NASA with all these other international scientists, there is no way you're telling her how far to go in feet. It's true. It's like, this is long like, after we accidentally crashed that probe for converting from feet to meters and doing it wrong. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. But... I don't remember. I twenty years ago or so, they, the NASA engineers were doing something in Imperial, and they did the math, converted it, put a decimal point in the wrong place, and instead of landing, it crashed on, I think, on Mars. Well, I mean, I, I guess. So future NASA on TV should know how they should already have solved that problem. Yeah, I agree with you. Very angry. I, I mean, that that being said, um, you know, you can use to use metric, or you can use the the system that put man on the moon, and <laughs> I guess probably invented the internet too. I mean, computers. I mean, yeah. well, you, you know, know, you you brought up that PCB earlier. You showed us that PCB, and I was realizing because I need to order something. So much a PCB layout is imperial also. Ounces of copper per square foot and, uh, you know, the thickness of your copper is in ounces per square foot. I think it's per square foot. And uh, you know, plus, plus, how much cooler does imperial sound than metric? I mean... I agree. You know, you know, like, like, on, like on Star Wars, you have the, the Empire versus the Rebels. Both of, those, both of those sound pretty cool. What if you had the Empire versus the Metrics? I mean, terrible. obviously, you want them to win, even if they're kind of evil or whatever else. And um, yeah, finally, finally saw the last of those movies. Um, the last ones are ago. the newest ones, the ones the, that the just newest. came out. So, the, no, they... Positive wave says centrifugal force F equals M times B squared divided by R. Look at that. I should I should really know that as a. Uh, as a degree, but not and, certified engineer. An unlicensed. Unlicensed engineer, B squared. Okay, I'll have to do a little, uh, little uh, calculation on that. So thanks for, thanks for, thanks for chiming in. Um, yeah, thank you. It's, uh, I guess that's what this show's about, right? It's like the, uh, we need like help. the car talk of, like the car talk of, uh, of making stuff. If, yeah. if you if you get that reference, I don't know. I'm excited that we've been talking about lasers so much. I I mean, I almost forgot they existed until you reminded me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, it's good. I mean, I, yeah, certainly we, you know, we we don't want to have the laser podcast, but we uh, certainly interesting. No, but it's timely, know. and that's okay. Timely, yeah, absolutely. But why why would you say lasers are timely? I... Well, because you just bought one and you're using one. It's timely for us, and we could just we just drag everybody into our mess. Is oh, all right, all right, um, yeah, okay. I was just I was thinking like maybe like some sort of space defense thing or something. Yeah. Well, and lasers are just always cool, always, always. So they're always always timely. Actually, I heard um. Heard... Heard we shot down an uh, ICBM with a Aegis cruiser or something. So maybe that was maybe I, that was used lasers. I, I hope that was a laser. It's always better if it's a laser. Let's see. Oh, 3D Weeby. 3D, 3D Weeby. Oh, you know, I always thought that was 3D Dweeb, or, but 
You know, sorry, sorry. Maybe you have been mispronouncing you know? your, your name in my head for so long. <laughs> you wouldn't be the only person. Matt, right, Matt Regan? Matt Regan, that's close enough. I can be Matt. Close enough. Mars so, probes lost to due to simple math error. Yeah, this you know, has got to be what I remember. I, again, I might be an unlicensed engineer, but I know it's, uh, you know, 2.54. I can remember that. Or uh, 25.4 if you want to want to convert to millimeters. Yep. So. That's the one I know, too. Yeah, I used to have a dial caliper that was, uh, you know, inches. And, boy, that was hard to convert everything for 3D printing because all my CAD work was millimeters. So I'd have to, I have to do math. I had to go back to Harbor Freight and get a digital caliper and just forget about that. That right, was so too much work. This, the, official, the official pronunciation is... 3D, we be. We be 3D. We be 3. Well, no, don't say it the way we I be. said it. I mean, I just mean. You just you just made that up. We are we are 3D. 3D, 3D. We, we are. Oh, 3D, we, we be. Yeah. Okay, that yeah, I didn't get that at all. So that's actually fairly clever. Little flip up my head though. So <laughs> 3D, we be. I wish I had one of his fantastic 3D printed NAS cases here to hold up to the camera because it's so pretty. It's so nice. So pretty. Yeah. Well, uh, listen, I, I think that's probably uh, probably a good place to end the uh, the podcast slash live stream or whatever. I think whatever. you're right. And if I did a good job, it. I clicked the record DVR in YouTube because I did definitely forget to record locally. I did a bad job okay. there. I see it not lit up here. Okay, well, the only time I ever did a stream like this before, not like this, but it seemed to record it automatically, I think. so. I hope so. Anyway, if uh, if Pat recorded it, then uh, you can listen to it later. If not, consider yourself privileged to be able to listen <laughs> to uh, privileged or uh, punished, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it was something for sure. Definitely something. something. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Pat, for joining me. And thank and, you, uh, Jeremy, Brian, and Positive Waves briefly, um, and Taylor, of course. So. Taylor, I was going. I wanted to thank Taylor, but I yeah. was worried that I forgot. I didn't pay attention when we introduced him. I was too busy clicking everything. I'm. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I guess... Uh, we'll have to yeah, do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, until next time, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. <laughs>